Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Good afternoon and welcome to Sportsman Colorado. Again, my name is Scott Wadley. Glad you're with us. Glad to have Kevin Flesh in studio with us from Flesh and Backlaw. Kevin, how are you? I'm great. Driving <laughs> around in a campfire. Yeah. <laughs> a little hazy like, out there. Holy cow. Son, what do you think I, visibility I said, is? Are you good at estimating? What do you think visibility is? Four miles? It's not very much. Yeah. I and mean, we're sitting in the KLZ studios that you can normally see the front range, see the mountains, and there's nothing. We're, nothing. I feel like I'm in Des Moines. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Well, so my office from here is, I mean, you normally can see my building. Yep. That's four miles or less. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you can't see it. Yeah. Can't see downtown. It's wild. I remember a few years ago when they were having a bunch of fires up in Canada, we flew into Saskatoon and it was very similar to this. And um, they had had fires for months up there. Remember a couple, Mm -hmm. three years ago. And it was like, it was just weird. And we got it today. It's just not much wind. I mean, we see the flag out here, and, right. and it's all coming from the west. And I guess there's fires in California that are bringing smoke, too. So yep. it's a lot, lot of places. Lots of, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, unfortunately, the forest, and we're going to be talking to folks from DOW, so it'll be fun to, to talk about that. And, yep. you know, we're going to have we're going to have some pretty clean forests, and there's going to be a lot of new growth. Sure will. In the next few years, and that's not all bad sometimes. Absolutely. All right, we're going to kick it off. With our first guest, and you know what? This could have been one of our first guests when we started the show back in 2013. Randy Hampton from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Randy was a public information officer at that time and helped us out uh, tremendously our first year or two and then uh, moved away, but now is back. He's in the Northwest region. So, Randy, how are you, man? I am good, Scott, <laughs> Kevin. Good to good to chat with you guys. Great to great to hear the show's doing so well and and cranking. I remember the the early days. So yes, sir. Awesome yeah, we do too. Yeah, so long ago. Yeah, and you spent some time. I was doing a little research on you. I saw an article that was written on you, and um, um, and you spent a little time in radio. Yeah, I started out, you know, a long time ago working in radio and did, did talk shows and stuff over here in western Colorado, actually in Grand Junction, where back where I am in these days. So uh, it's kind of cool to be to be home and back over here. But, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. You guys talking about all this smoke, um, part of that's on us. Sorry. Uh, we yeah. don't mean to... We don't mean to mess up your air quality, but uh, That's you know, okay. we got some fires cooking over here. Sure. Yo, what, what's it like on the on the western slope? Since it seems like the wind is coming from the west, are you getting smoke over there, or is it all sort of oh, traveling absolutely. east? Okay. No, no, absolutely. You know, Grand Junction. In fact, uh, by Wednesday morning, I think we had about, you know, it, it, if it was snow, you'd call it a trace. But yeah. We we had asphalt in the city of Grand Junction. Oh, you did. Okay. So. Yeah, and and continue to have some of that from this Pine Gulch fire that's just north of here. Yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty thick. Right. And I was watching some of the news reports today, and they were showing the four or five fires that are around. And I mean, they, they most of them have very little containment. Is that the same thing with the Pine Gulch? Yeah, Pine Gulch fire. You know, one hundred and twenty-six thousand acres which is the second largest fire in colorado history at, at least in modern days um Heyman fire a few years back was mm-hmm. was bigger but that's the only one and it got to about 135 so 
about 126,000, but uh, they say about 19, 20% containment is all right now. Um, they, you know, the, the, this thing jumped on, on Tuesday night into Wednesday morning and, and blew up about 30,000 acres overnight. So it was a huge, huge jump in the fire as it kind of, kind of worked the west side of the fire. So hmm. it, uh, it has this potential to just make these huge runs and it just continues to be hot, dry, and windy here, which doesn't doesn't tend to help. Sure. Randy Hampton's our guest. Once again, he's a public information officer of the Northwest region for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So a few things we'll talk to you about, but let's start off with just kind of what this means to wildlife and, you know, we can take hunting, fishing, all that. What does it mean? Sure. So, we, you know, we're, we're, we're facing these fires kind of on a couple different fronts when it comes to the, the wildlife management side of things. And, you know, there's good and bad. I think people look at these fires and they go, wow, 126,000 acres, that's massive. And and they're right, it is a huge, huge fire, but I got to tell you, if you had to pick 126,000 acres to burn, um, this wouldn't be a bad spot to do it just because of the fact that there's not a lot out there. You know, they've lost, I think, one cabin and four outbuildings is all. Um, this is very remote country, um, a lot of it overgrowth, yeah. um, a lot of sage and, you know, pinion juniper. And so, you know, in a couple of years, it'll be it'll be really, really good deer and elk habitat, and, and that's for sure. And, and so it's the natural cycle. I mean, it's the natural yeah, cycle. Yeah, this is this is totally what the what the West is like. You know, these ecosystems evolved with fire as part of it. I remember reading a story about you know a fire that was in the the 1800s, and it burned for for months and months and months, and it was so smoky that it actually there were, there were farmers that didn't have a growing season because there was no sun that summer and it took winter to put them out. Um, so, you know, this is part of the, the Western system and the animals that are here really evolved in a time of fire. And so they're much more adaptable to it than we are as, as people. So it'll, it'll help the habitat in some ways. Now, you know, it's funny. People go, well, what, what, what wildlife is negatively affected? And it's two species that most people don't think about. The first is birds. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, well, don't the birds just fly away? <laughs> Fire, <Yeah>. ru- fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go. But but really it impacts nesting habitat. Fortunately, mm-hmm. yeah. when it's late in the summer like this, most of the, the, the young birds have already fledged, so they can fly. So the birds, are, the birds will do okay. The other species that's negatively impacted by fire, though, is fish. People don't recognize the, you know, fish, they're in the water. And people go, well, they don't burn. It's not the fire itself. It's all that ash, which tends to have some toxins and can really mud up a system when we get rain. So when the rains come, that's going to push all that ash down into these creeks. And it, it not only can suffocate fish if it's thick enough, it also cements their habitat. Those fine particles get way down in, you know, in between all that all the rock and all the, the, the loose gravel. And so it, it really cements up the bottom of a, a creek bed. So fish are negatively impacted. And that's one we have to continue to watch for. Right. And we've, so we've sort of th- seen that. With those the, are what we're monitoring. Yeah, we've seen. And you've seen that with the Arkansas River a few years ago in that bighorn sheep section, I think, that had the fire above it. I think there's been a little bit absolutely. negative. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I was... Fortunate enough, yesterday we managed to get a look at Glenwood Canyon, the Grizzly Creek fire up there. Hmm. Um, 
had an opportunity to drive through the canyon. It's still closed for, for most folks, but we were going in to do some, some looking at, at what that habitat for sheep in the canyon was, was like. And we actually saw some of the sheep down, down along the, the biking path, and, and they looked like they were doing okay. And, you know, you watch these fires as they burn, and you really see um, a couple of really good signs. People assume fire destroys everything, and it doesn't. Right. When it burns, it burns in kind of a mosaic pattern. You know, it'll it'll burn one area and leave you know stuff standing in other parts, and and that pattern, that natural pattern of fire, is actually you know builds really good habitat. And so what we're seeing is these quick moving fires. Um, they're they're you know a huge challenge for firefighters and a very big concern for people that have residences around them, mm-hmm. but when they burn fast like that, when they don't have a, a chance to really, you know, burn down to the root system of plants and things like that, it's a, it's a pretty healthy fire. And that's what we're, what we're seeing at least initially with some of these fires. So um, that's good news. The other problem though, is now we got hunting seasons coming up. Yep. And so if you take a look at like the Pine Gulch fire in Grand Junction, I said 126,000 acres, but the Bureau of Land Management has closed 650,000 acres to access. That's to protect people from where the fire might spread to and to keep people from getting in there. But when you close, you know, half a million acres of of public land, that impacts hunters' ability to get in there. So, you know, if you've got a hunting license for an upcoming season in Game Management Unit 31, um, you know, there's going to be some challenges to getting in there. So we're working on refund options and things like that oh. for people that are impacted. Sure. And you mentioned the other day when we were talking that there's kind of a, a COVID tag refund policy as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, when it, when it rains, it pours, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. And unfortunately it hasn't rained, but, but what we see is, you know, COVID did create a, a, a challenge too. And so there is a refund policy the COVID refund policy is 15 days prior to the season. So if people aren't able to travel or they're concerned about COVID or they're sick, they've got, you know, as long as they turn that license in 15 days prior to the start of the hunting season, they'll get a refund. They'll also get a return on their preference points. Um, and then in some of these fire units, we've got it so that the people can get a refund if they return the license within, you know, one day prior to the start of the season. Um, but those are those are pretty specific units. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's going to happen with, so the folks, let's say the COVID refund, if they turn it in two weeks beforehand, is there going to be some other draw or some other way to get uh, potentially those licenses? Those licenses, yeah, those licenses will actually be reissued. Um, so they'll come out on a list, um, and that list comes out every Tuesday morning. People get an opportunity to look at the list, and then those licenses will be um, put back into kind of like a leftover process where people can can actually purchase those. Huh. Yep. Yeah. So that's you know, and we're we're seeing a tremendous number of people that are that are trying to get outdoors. Yeah, um, I mean, I forgot you know, I forgot my notes the last time I had Dan Prinslow on, but he was talking about you know, I mean, quite a bit increased you know in the big game hunting tags, and I think there was like ninety thousand more fishing licenses sold. Yeah. Yeah, people are outside, and that's great, you know, and, and we want to see that. And and so, you know, those licenses will probably resell. Um, and people that are, you know, 
if if you're really that that serious hunter out there, watch that list, watch that reissue list because there may be some some opportunities for some really um, you know licenses that are hard to draw that may come back up. Sure. Um, you know, and and so you know there may be some some units that have pretty good buck tags and 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 bull tags that that might get reissued between the COVID and the the fire uh, lists. Um, not all the fire licenses will be reissued, but some of them will. I mean, there may be people that say, "Hey, I can't hunt where I usually hunt in that unit, so I want a refund." But somebody else might say, "Well, yeah, but I, you know, I know a place, or I live up that way, or mm-hmm. you know, so so they can use that license." Absolutely. So. If you're just joining us, Randy Hampton's our guest. He's the public information officer for the Northwest Region for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And Randy, you know, boy, it, it's weird. Uh, as long as you've I've moved here in '93, and Boy, it seems like every year you see this, Kevin, too, with people feeding animals. Yeah. And mm-hmm. bears especially. You know, like, yep. I mean, people try to get too close to wildlife. But, Randy, man, it causes such a problem, doesn't it? It is absolutely a, a major, major deal. And, unfortunately, what people don't understand is when they're when they're doing that stuff, it never, ever ends well for the animal. Yeah. You know, you get somebody that, that goes to – some cabin somewhere and they're, you know, they're throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches off the deck to a bear and they think it's great video. Exactly. And then, you know, what we know from research is bears remember where they get food for up to a year. So when you think about everybody Mm. that that goes to that condo, everybody that goes to that cabin for the next year is, is really at risk that that bear is going to come back with an expectation of food. And yep. that creates aggression in those animals. And the moment that animal is aggressive, we have to put it down. Right. And so, you know, these people go, hey, i got a great Instagram video, but, you know, they're they're risking other people's safety, and they're certainly risking the life of those animals. Absolutely. Anything else that you can think of for the big game season or, you know, fishing, anything, just some, some tips or pointers or things that, you know, you guys are just – You know, in a – yeah, an alert to, to folks that are out fishing. We got a lot of voluntary uh, closures that are in place in a lot of our, our western slope waters. The waters are low, um, so you know flows are low, temperatures are way up. Um, it is just hot and dry this year. There's a fire ban in place. People need to be aware that you know if they're yeah. if they're camping, can't can't have a fire, and you know be aware of what those local local restrictions are, and you know check with. You know, Forest Service and Bureau Land Management, if you're going out on public land to, to hunt, make sure you know what those restrictions are and make sure you know what the restrictions are for counties you may be going into um, because there may be things that come up with COVID along the way that, that people need to be watching. Sure. Well, Randy, man, it is great to have you back here in Colorado. And, man, you're always welcome. Anytime you got some information that we need to know and get out to our listeners, uh, please give me a call and, man, we'll get you on. Well, I appreciate that, Scott. Kevin, it was always, you know, great to great to be back on the program, and, and we'll certainly keep you and, and your listeners updated on what's going on with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, certainly here in the Northwest. All right. We Sounds appreciate great. it. That's Randy Hampton, Public Information Officer for the Northwest Region for CPW. we got to take a short break. We'll be back with more right after this. Here's why you need KLZ's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh, on your side. He understands how the jury thinks. In the context of a personal injury case where you have been hurt by someone else's negligence, the idea with that is that you're then going to try to recover to get back to where you were just prior to that incident occurring. 
And what that really means from a juror's perspective is that you're going to be asking them to award you money. So when we talk about fairness, we're talking about what six people that don't know you, that hear evidence and have to make a unanimous decision will decide as to what fair value is. And so you and I, when we get hurt, have definitely an idea of what we think it's worth to us. But the question is, what can you articulate to those other individuals who don't know you and are not involved in this process to get them persuaded about what it is that they think the case is worth? Call now for a free consultation. 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center would like to announce their new Canine Academy is open. Hi, this is Scott Watley for my friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. The Canine Academy is offering all new classes and several exciting additions, including the new sport classes, scent work, and tray ball that dogs love. Their pet behavior specialist has over 20 years of experience working with animals large and small, including dogs and cats and zoo animals and exotics. He's available Tuesday through Saturday to help you with all of your pet training needs. Visit LoneTreeVet.com and check out the Canine Academy page for the summer class schedule or just give them a call at 303-708-8050 and get your pet started in the training that's best for you and your pet. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman Colorado. If you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley, along with Kevin Flesh, Flesh and Back Law. And Kevin, for our next guest uh, here, I wanted to get with you on a few things. I was uh, listening to some um, different news shows, and one reported two and a half million new gun owners. Now, new gun owners, not, not just already purchased. owned guns. <laughs> new gun owners. Bought their first gun from January through June of 2020. So, wow. Uh, which is cool. I'm glad I, yep. glad everybody got a gun, but exactly. man, a lot of responsibility. So I wanted you to talk just a few minutes and uh, probably after our next guest, we'll hopefully we can pick this up before the hour gets out because uh, a lot of information here that you want to talk about. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I just finished a case with a, a new gun owner and she was, she lives in an apartment on the north side of town and she was cleaning her nine millimeter and uh, she had taken the clip out, but she forgot that there was actually a, uh, uh, around in the chamber without the clip in it and so she was cleaning it and she pulled the trigger before finished cleaning it and of course she shot the gun in her apartment oh wow so um you know and we had a discussion about and so she felt bad she nobody was hurt thank goodness she shot through her couch and into the wall <laughs> and um and i'm sure scared the living oh my goodness anyway so she uh she didn't know what to do so she called the police and so the police came over and they charged her with discharge of unlawful discharge of a weapon in, I think it was Westminster. And uh, so she came in and re she retained us. And the first thing that I did is, is um, had her go take a safety class <laughs> and, a, you know, something to really hone her skills relating to the fact that you really have to be careful, uh, especially cleaning the gun and everything else. And so she did that. And then with that, I was able to use that certification to talk with the city attorney and explain new gun owner, you know, just mm -hmm. a mistake. And she self-reported all of that. And I got the case dismissed, but it's a good example of where folks that have these sorts of situations need to really, once you, the easy part is buying it, you know, sure. going through the, the check and getting the weapon, you know, and, and having it in hand. The, the next thing is you got to get to the range and you mm -hmm. got to really start doing some classes so that you understand how to use it, how to safely operate it 
and then also get really good at uh, target practice. I mean, Absolutely. Be, yeah. Let's go to the phones real quick. Got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you? Hi, Scott and Kevin. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. sure. Kevin, I've got a question. Um, you see these signs all over town where different businesses uh, don't want you carrying a weapon in their store. Yep. And we all know the problem with how many guns have been stolen from vehicles. Yes. I, for one, would rather retain control of that weapon on my person in spite of what some sign says instead of leaving it in my car. Do they have the right to search me if they think I have a weapon on me? And what kind of uh, trouble might I be in if they find I do have my weapon on my person instead of leaving it in the car? Yeah, so the first thing is under the concealed carry permit uh, statute in Colorado. Uh, landowners, people that are have businesses like that, have the ability to restrict you coming in with your concealed carry weapon uh, on your person. So um, the first thing is those places that have those sorts of signs, um, you get to decide when you see that sign whether or not you want to actually go into that business and, and help them uh, continue. Um, secondarily, to answer your question directly, what happens if you concealed carry into that store and they think that you're carrying. A private citizen doesn't have the right to search you in any way uh, while you're in the store. If they believe that you're carrying, they can ask you to leave, or they can call the police and try to have you uh, basically charged with trespassing, because that's what it is when, when you have a concealed carry permit and you, you go into a, a store like that that has those sorts of signs. You know, generally speaking, those signs aren't very conspicuous, so you've always got defenses relating to it. And to, to also answer your question directly, in the event that they think that you're carrying and they ask you to leave, then you would need to leave is basically the answer. Sure. But most of the time, um, I've had this situation before COVID when we used to go to movies, um, where there was a movie theater at, I think it was South Glen, that was starting to search purses and things like that. And I was just talking to the manager who was checking my wife's purse. And he never asked me if I had a weapon. He never asked <laughs> he me if I was... He just checked the purse. <laughs> And I was thinking I, I could have easily had uh, a concealed carry permit. And, yes, they have signs at the door, but he never checked me. And uh, he wanted to see if there was anything in the purse. So I, I think to answer your question directly, you have to be a little careful. And if you really want to follow the law relating to the concealed carry, when you get to those stores and they have the sign, you can't go in with your gun. Um, at the same time, I've never actually defended someone that's been charged uh, with a trespass because they had their concealed carry permit. doesn't mean that it probably doesn't happen, but I think it's very infrequent. Well, and I've all often wondered, you know, in that case, if they do call the police, whether you could, you know, justify it, say, hey, I know how many weapons are stolen out of parked vehicles. Well, the way you would just... I'm going to retain control. Yeah, the way you would actually probably defend yourself later, I wouldn't suggest you make any statements to them about whether or not you're carrying and whether you knew you couldn't. Uh, I would just allow them to give you that information, and then I would be talking to the city attorney later saying, you know, it was just an honest mistake. You didn't see the sign. Uh, you didn't know that you couldn't carry inside of the store. Like I said, my experience has been that people have just been asked to leave. They normally don't call the police because it's also a bad, it's a bad situation for the, the owner of that store um, because they still want your business. Mm-hmm.
So I think it's a really hard. And like Kevin said, you know, the signs, sometimes they are right on the door, but I'm telling you, I walked big. in the other day to get a haircut and they said, everyone, please stand outside and your <laughs> the person cut your hair will come get you. And I just walked right in the door. Right. I mean, I'm not reading signs on doors, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. Uh, I ran into the same situation as what you had just described, Kevin. It wasn't a movie theater. Uh, it was a different type of business. But uh, to your point, they're searching every backpack, every purse. Yeah. And here, you know, I have a nine millimeter on my hip. Yep. That they didn't. Have, they didn't even question you about it. Nope. Yeah. Not at all. I know. And 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 you know what that is? That's just. That's just they're not trained very Train. well. I thought it's like poor training. Yeah, poor yeah. training, and they just don't have people that actually understand guns uh, doing the searching, which is good for you. Well, and same type of business at a different business. I'm walking out and see the sign that says, you know, no firearms, however it's uh, written. And I went back and talked to the security team. I said, look at, you know, if you really want this to happen, you need to put a larger sign on a door or something where where it's a little more recognizable. Right. I said, I never saw this walking in. And they weren't real worried about it. And I'm thinking, well, you know, they're probably not going to do anything about it unless you cause a problem. And then they're going to add you carrying a weapon onto any other trouble you might right. be in. That's probably true. And, I, and again, we've seen, we've seen situations where there's been shootings uh, in situations where people aren't supposed to be carrying, and I've, again, not seen anyone being charged. Uh, it's certainly one of those things where I think what's going on a lot of times with the big box stores or the other corporate sort of stores, that that message is coming from, you know, some New York uh, main sort of office, and the folks that are actually working in these, you know, mm -hmm. other areas don't really care, but they have to put the sign on the door. Sure, absolutely. Yep. Well, thank you guys for your time. Thanks, Mike. Hey, Mike, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And so, Kevin, uh, a couple minutes for, for the break, but um, I tell you, it's just a lot to know when you want to carry a gun. It is. Yep, and it's the same thing that we've talked about for years about the fact that the easy part is getting the gun. The, the really important thing is getting the training and to, to do the things that you need to do to learn how to get yourself out of those situations, not just with shooting the gun, but also just your mindset of being able to get yourself into those pressure situations. And we have a bunch of different places in town mm -hmm. that you'll be able to get into close quarters. You'll be able to do sort of shooting, um, you know, the, the things that you need to do to really work on your skills in, in an environment like a retail store. Like what do you do if you're in a Walmart and a shooting actually starts and how do you handle that situation? Because the other thing you have to remember is that when the police do show up and the police you know in these sorts of situations their response times are getting smaller and smaller sure they're getting shorter and shorter uh, in being able to get to these locations and they're gonna want to make sure what do you do to let them know you're a good guy with a gun versus the bad guy that they're looking for because we don't want you to get into a situation where that gets muddied either yeah and that's the sort of things that training really help you with because there's certainly times that you you really need to use your, your gun and protect yourself and protect others. There's also times where you retreat and try to figure out what the next step is. But you don't know what you don't know in those situations until you have that training. Right. Kevin's number, by the way, and we want to write this down, and I always tell you, put it in your phone, 303-806-8886. It is Flesh and Beck Law. we got to take a short break. When we come back, 
Billy Paddock, the outdoorsman's addict, going to join us. Hi, everybody. Jack Corgan. There's no better time than now to visit my friends at Len Lyle Chevrolet. They're open, following all proper safety precautions, and ready to offer terrific deals. Suburbans for over 10000 less, better than 7000 off a brand-new Equinox. And Len Lyle Chevy has 0% financing on almost every model. Plus, they need trade-ins badly, so they're willing to pay over book value. Len Lyle Chevrolet, it's time for you to go east and pay the least. And did I mention they need your trade in. This is Scott Watley for my friends at Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is proud to announce their new 10,000 square foot facility is now open in Berthard, Colorado, located at 504 North 2nd Street. With this expansion, Phoenix Weaponry offers a new retail area and expanded gunsmithing in Duracoat and Cerakote areas. Family owned and operated, Phoenix Weaponry offers the finest in competition, hunting, and long range precision firearms. Also, suppressors from 22 long rifle to 50 caliber for rifles, pistols, and shotguns. Phoenix Weaponry also offers gunsmithing services and restoration repairs from antique to modern firearms. Building your firearm dreams into reality. That's Phoenix Weaponry. Call them now, 720-340-2496, or visit them at phoenixweaponry.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, Kevin Flesh is with us, Flesh and Beck Law. My name is Scott Watley. We are glad you're with us. Just a reminder now, if you miss our live show here on Saturdays from 1 to 2, you can catch us on Sundays. We'll do that twice for you, a replay of today's show. And that is Sundays from 8 to 9 a.m. And then again in the evening, 7 to 8 p.m. Before Billy Paddock joins us from the Outdoors Mazatic, we're going to go to Kevin real quick. Kevin, how are you, sir? Good, good. Um, quick question about old guns that I've persons had. I mean, the grandfather may have given them to them. Um, they may have bought them third party decades ago. What legal implications are you running into if you now, current today, you don't get those those registered? You don't have to register any guns in Colorado, so you don't have any issues. Um, you don't have any okay. any problems registering. You, there's no central registry. Um, there's and I the only time that we actually keep track of uh, the ownership of guns, generally speaking, is when we set up a gun trust. We'll do an inventory in that aspect and that's just the what guns are in the trust when we started out and the law relating to the transfer of guns is the issue now in Colorado mm -hmm. is that if you have a weapon a gun in your possession um, and the same thing with magazines no matter what size the magazine as long as they're in your possession you don't have to do anything it's when you give them to someone else or sell them is where you have to transfer and then do the background checks so if you have old guns that you've had that was passed down to you, uh, you know, decades ago or 10 years ago, um, you don't have any worries. You, there's nothing that you have to do. And that's, uh, I think, one of the great things about our system is the lack of uh, regulation and the flexibility that we have in holding those guns. Okay, and that's, that even applies if you need to get a concealed weapons permit and you start carrying it. Yes. You don't have to register. Nope, you don't have to register anything. The concealed okay. carry permit okay. allows you to carry a gun concealed. That's all that it does. It doesn't give you any other uh, legal rights to do anything else or to 
to purchase weapons or anything like that or you know there's this there's still regulations relating to automatic weapons and and other things that we've mm-hmm. we've talked about in the past but nope the concealed carry is just so that the person can carry concealed okay is it con- considered a concealed weapon if it's say in a side pocket of a door in a car um that's visible it's not like it's in a glove compartment or a it, it's a judgment call that, I mean, it all depends on whether or not a police officer, for example, sees it and it seems to be concealed. Um, it depends okay. on where you're at, Boulder or Denver. I think that would be <laughs> probably a concealed weapon. Um, but if you're up in the mountains, you know, it's probably not. Um, so you've just got to consider where you're at. It's always okay. good to have your concealed carry permit. If you're, if you're carrying a gun mm-hmm. in a car, go get your concealed carry permit. It's just is going to be easier. Right. And you'll have less worries about it. And it's a good class. And it's a, it's you meet good people. And there's nothing wrong with a bit of bit more training. Right. Okay. Thanks. All right. Thanks, All right, Kevin. Kevin. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the call. So Billy many Pat- questions. Uh, so many questions. I mean, we're, we'll just do a whole show. We probably week. should right. just talk talk our way through the whole thing. Billy Paddock's with us now from the Outdoorsman's Attic. Billy, thanks for holding on, sir. How are you? Ain't ain't no problem, guys. Hey, great show today. Yeah, I tell you, man. (laughs) And I tell you, the Outdoorsman's Attic is a great place to go. If you do want to do a transfer of a gun, uh, you want to give one to someone, sell one to someone, whatever. Buy them there and do. Yeah, buy them. Like we haven't bought a few (laughs) guns from you guys. Trust me, trade (laughs) them in. I think I've. I've gotten everybody's money on that show there. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And, uh, but they yeah. can help you out. Hey, Billy, now, I was in just the other day, and you told me that you showed me a, the new form that's coming out. For, yep, yep. So let's talk about that just yeah, a moment. Yeah, so we're getting the – so the ATF is coming out with the new um, 4473 form. I think that's going to go live here in November. Um, you know, it's a, it's pretty much the same standard stuff and everything. There's a couple of, couple of new – items on there one is the the non-binary um so you don't have to pick if you're a male or female you know so um because that's the way that the, <laughs> the country's going now right and then uh basically it's pretty much the same standard stuff um now right at the know, top there was something different you were showing me oh yeah yeah so now at the top and everything we have to to know exactly what the firearm is we need the serial number prior to commencing the uh the background check now, okay. So there's um, no longer can you just say I'm getting this gun shipping in and everything. It's going to slow down the process a little bit, um, you know. So we have to have it tied to, which it's always been tied to a firearm, um, but now it's before the commencement of the background check even starts. Right. So what percentage? What percentage do you see of people that come in to fill out that form and then get declined for one reason or another? You know, um, it. With the amount that we're, we're seeing now, um, you know, it used to be pretty rare. You know, people that are coming in know that if they're going to fail or they're not going to fail, you know. Right. Um, but with the new percent of new gun owners, uh, there has been an increase in it. I can't say that it's been substantial. Um, in any given month, it might be, might get four or five denials in that month, and we process, you know, maybe 100, mm. you know, 150. So it's not... It's not a whole lot, and a lot of them are clerical errors. Um, guys have been uh, being pretty proactive on doing that appeal and finding out what's on their on their record. Because until they appeal it or find out what it is, it's always going to be there. It's yep. always going to be a red flag on them. Yeah. Uh, and so I tell the people, it's not necessarily that you're a bad person. It's something in your past that you don't don't know is there. 
you know, something as easy as a bench warrant or, you know, he, he parked in Boulder for years and years and never <laughs> decided to pay him, you know. Right. Um, and Kevin can probably... Oh, yeah. I've, I've handled a number of appeals. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh-huh. And a lot yeah. of times it is just random things that are there that we, we were able to yeah. clear up. And and uh, you can track yeah. it down pretty well with CBI. And, Kevin, if you've ever had a domestic violence charge, that is something that keeps you from ever owning a gun. Yeah, it? well, and it's interesting mm-hmm. with the new ceiling statute, new, I say it's new, it's within the last three years or so, um, that we're able to clean that up with municipal charges, too. So we, you very well may be able to, with the DV that's old that you had in a municipal charge, we can now seal those, so that ceiling may be able to get you off of uh, the denial for oh, okay. uh, for getting a weapon. So that's uh, one of those things that we're, we uh, we do handle quite a few of those in a, on a yearly basis. Right. All right, the outdoors was yeah. attic. Billy, um, it's hard for me to believe no one would know really where you guys are, <laughs> what you do. But, man, I'm telling you, you're a genius for starting this because, you know what, there's not m- many stores around like consignment st- type stores for guys at all and then to and think gals. of it with, yeah and gals and then to do it with the outdoors right. i mean stuff yeah. it's so cool so just tell us about the store you know it's it's definitely it's it, it's definitely expanded since we started you know i mean we started we're going on almost 10 years now which is hard to believe wow. you know <laughs> and then you know there there's other stores out there that do bikes and ski equipment and climbing equipment but nothing really for the sportsman you know the hunter the fisher you know the there's some camping stores and everything, but I wanted to have a kind of rolled in all one because I like to do all of it, you know. Yep. And so it's kind of a one stop shop that's not going to break your break your wallet, you know, when you come and come in here. So, sure. Because outdoors is it's getting more and more expensive. Yeah. You know, to get out there, you know, and you walk through Cabela's, and I had this was kind of funny. One guy uh, came in and he's like, "You have more ammo than Cabela's does. Oh. <laughs> you have more gear here, more fishing stuff." No doubt. And it's because it's going. It's flying off the shelf because people are getting out and doing stuff now. Sure, yeah, you know? and so, you know, it's it's fun. It's it's it. Every day I find something that I, I never knew existed, and you know, and guys are like, "Yeah, this is a, a lure from the '50s that was really popular." Right. Guys are like, "I've been trying to find these for years, and they're catching fish on them now." So, what's yeah. been the strangest thing anyone has brought you in ten years to sell? <laughs> You know, <laughs> there's there's some. I really like the X-rated lures. I, 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 I'm a big fan of those. I mean, guys that bring in these and everything from we've we've had the the, the naked lady jigs and all that from the 50s and 60s and everything. I I, I love those. I think those are great. Oh. <laughs> but there's ingenious like like old pack systems. You know yeah. that that um, were made here in Boulder. You know that they're they're back in the 80s and 70s and everything. Their materials were just top notch, you know. And you compare that to the new stuff. New stuff is lighter, but I look at it, the new stuff as more, more like a throwaway generation of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas the older stuff, you grab it and it feels, you know, the materials are different. It feels stronger, you know. It might be a little bit heavier, but it's stronger, you know. Sure. And so, so that kind of stuff, you know, that that that's what I like. Right. Um, you know. The other thing I mean, that I see, had, the other thing that I see coming into the store as well, Billy, is the, the uh, fly rods that you get in every once in a while. Oh, you'll get yeah. the estate sale, yeah. or the, yeah. you know, whatever. Grandpa died, yeah. and he had these fly rods, and we don't know what to do with them. And there's, mm-hmm. you get some bamboo rods, you get some really good, oh, yeah. nice fly rods in, and and it's just you got to stop in the store and see just every so often what you guys have in inventory. Yeah, I mean the 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 amount that 
you know, once once people start adding up what they have in their garages and everything, I mean, I tell you what, it's, it's just astronomical what people spend, <laughs> spend on there. If on my wife office, is listening, you know, I have $3 <laughs> worth of stuff. In yeah, <laughs> yep, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, plausible. And that's, that's what we tell people, you know, if you don't want us to tell people how much their stuff is worth and everything, fine, you know, we won't do it. But, yeah, exactly. You know, the fly fishing guys especially, I mean, before we started this store, I knew nothing about fly fishing. Same with my mom and dad. They also run the store here, you know. Yeah. Um, my mom has learned everything that there is to know about fly fishing, hmm. and she's never never touched a fly rod in her life. Oh, but she so. can rattle it off, you know, yeah, <laughs> sure. because our customers are so knowledgeable, too, you know. But yeah, going back to that, you know, the the families, a lot of times they don't know what to do with this stuff, and, and they're so grateful to have an outlet like us to take the stuff in, and we can actually get, you know, get a fair market price for them right. you know, rather than the garage sales, yep. you know, so... That's exactly right. Outlet. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the Outdoorsman's Attic located at 2650 West Hamden. Great. Family owned and operated, as Billy just talked about, neighborhood store, neighborhood feel, family feel, actually, when you walk in the door. And um, Rusty, the guard dog, is usually there to <laughs> say hello. <laughs> and uh, and um, uh, But just lots of gear for camping, fishing, hunting, and uh, you even sell live bait there, right, Billy? Yep, yep, we sure do. All right. Yeah, we go through a ton of it. So, and now we've got Scott uh, down in the basement as a gunsmith. Tell us about that. We do, we do. Yeah, we were, we're fortunate enough to uh, to get Scott. Um, he was he was a gunsmith for, uh, gosh, probably thirty five years over at Shooting Shop South down in Littleton, and uh, you know when uh, Dave closed up the shop, Scott uh, decided to go with us and and come over here and just keep on cranking out guns for for customers. And I mean, I tell you what. It, super knowledgeable guy he he helps us every single day of the week you know sure. just, uh, i mean he's just a wealth of information and just probably one of the nicest guys you could meet yeah abso- reasonable absolutely so again they've got guns they've got ammo as billy just talked about a customer said they've got more than cabela's so uh go by there and check them out <laughs> and uh boy if you're looking to do some trading uh you know you just want to do it on a consignment uh, you're looking for a good deal on some good products. Again, don't pay retail when you got the Outdoorsman's Attic. If you've got some gear that maybe you've been looking through over the last few months, has been in your garage, uh, take it over there and let them put it in the store there and sell it. They'll open you up an account. And uh, very fair in the way they do business. I promise you, you're going to get more for this in a store setting at the Outdoorsman's Attic than you will you spend it all day in your garage or a yard sale or something. So uh, get by there and see them. It is 2650 West Hamden, and it's the Outdoorsman's Attic. So, Billy, we appreciate it, bud, and um, we're going to do this uh, at least once a month with you, so uh, we look forward to it, sir. Boy, I certainly appreciate it. You guys are awesome. I know. Well, I'm sure I'll see you guys probably pretty soon. You, you, you will, too, sir. Kevin. You will. <laughs> I mean, man, you're a store. Real quick, got another minute. But, real. I mean, yeah. you got to come in there like Monday, Wednesday, Friday at least because you just yeah. never know what's going to walk in the door. Yeah, it's addicting. Uh, we've got customers that are here probably three times a week. Yeah. Everything. Uh, our knife guys, especially knife guys and fly guys. It's they got to see what's the next thing that comes through the door. And you know, usually we don't disappoint. There's always something coming in. So. Absolutely. And you can also get your tags there. They they sell all the licenses yep. there. So if you need to get tags, you can do it all right there at a one stop shop with the Outdoorsman's Attic. So hey, man, I know you're busy over there, but thanks for being on with yep. us. All right, man. Have a good weekend, right. guys. Take care. Appreciate thanks, Billy. It. That's Billy Paddock, the Outdoorsman's Attic, 2650 West Hamden. When you go in, let them know you heard about them here on Sportsman of Colorado. We'll be right back. 
If you're like me, you've probably had a little extra time to go through your camping, hunting, and fishing gear. Hi, this is Scott Watley with Sportsman of Colorado. And you know what? When you're looking through your gear, you've probably discovered you've got some gear you just don't use anymore. Well, now you can turn it into cash at the Outdoorsman's Attic. The Outdoorsman's Attic is Colorado's very own outdoor gear consignment store. From live bait to lanterns, backpacks to Sitka gear. Chances are, if it's used in the outdoors, it's at the Outdoorsman's Attic. There are tons of bargains, and now they have a full-service gunsmith on site in the lower level. Stop paying retail. Turn your used gear into cash. Family-owned and operated. The Outdoorsman's Attic is located at 2650 West Hamden in Sheridan. Friendly service and great deals at the Outdoorsman's Attic. Tell them Scott sent you. We don't normally think about our garage door until it's too late. A spring breaks, and right when you're running late for that very important appointment, you jump in the car, push the remote, your door doesn't open. Don't let that happen. Call Mary Ann at Affordable Door Company today and schedule your garage door inspection. At Affordable Doors, they are able to offer same-day service in the Denver metro area as well as free estimates. With over 30 years of experience and with over 26,000 satisfied customers, you can be assured of a pleasant experience when you deal with Affordable Door Company. Call Mary Ann now at 303-680-8440. That's 303-680-8440. And to see a complete list of services, visit garagedoorproblems.com. Hi, this is Scott Watley for Stack Optical. Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their Denver patients for over 50 years. And as a family-owned business, trust me when I say they have seen hard times before. And no doubt the days we are living in are very difficult for us all. But owner Alan Stack and his wife Marilyn want you to know they are here for you. If you need an eye exam, new glasses, or even repair to your glasses, Stack Optical is ready to help. Call to schedule your private appointment today and rest assured every step has been taken to ensure your safety and health at Stack Optical. I've trusted my eye care to them for many years, and you can too. So if it's time for your eye exam or that new pair of glasses, call them today, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Or check them out at stackoptical.com. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, my name is Scott Watley alongside Kevin Flesh. Our number is 303-477-5600. Again, if you've got any more concealed carry questions, uh, we will take your call. But first, we'll go to the phones. Talk to our good friend Dan Johnson, Lynn Lyle Chevrolet. Dan, you must be having smoking deals over there. It's pretty smoky over here looking out the it's, window. It's, it's smoky out. I got to blow my cars off twice a day with the ashes right. falling. But, uh, but yes, we have smoking deals. <laughs> absolutely. A lot of great cars. Oh, man, absolutely. And man, I tell you, I was um, um, yesterday had a gentleman that I gave her a quick ride to, and he got in that and he goes, man, I have not been in a new truck ever. And he said, this thing rides like a car. And I said, you t show me a car that rides like this. <laughs> Nothing rides like a Silverado. But boy, uh, they, are good. they are awesome. Yeah. So, um, man, you've been doing some business. I was over last week or so. And man, I've never seen your lot. I mean, you got customers everywhere and cars are flying out the door. Yeah. Yeah, we're selling them inbound. We're selling them 
Well, yeah, as they're rolling off the truck, you know, the deals are great right now. And, you know, inventory is a little bit limited. So, uh, but we ha- we got a lot of cars coming at us. Uh, I got 150 that are, you know, either being built or in transit to me. But you're right. It looks a little sparse out here. We're not going out of business. I promise you. Good. And, uh, and uh, you yeah, know, just, I, you're right. I'd never seen it this, this low, but. But I tell you what, we got some great deals. You know, those I think I told you a couple of weeks ago these Suburbans that I have that are uh, the 2020s. I mean, I can take twenty thousand dollars off the sticker price. And I got about wow. six or seven of them left, so that's a heck of a deal. That is, that is really a good deal. And also, I mean, for those looking for a pre-owned vehicle, uh, boy, that, I mean, that changes d- daily, if not hourly. But you, you know, people also got a car they want to sell. Uh, you've always mentioned, hey. You're very fair there, and just buying them, buying their car from them. Oh, I'd love to buy some cars. If uh, some of your listeners are, you know, got an extra car laying around, or you know, something they don't need, please give me a call. I'll, uh, I'll be extremely fair, and you can, you know, don't have to, you know, mess around with Craigslist or people coming to your house. You know, we've been here 40 years, and our money's good, and it's boom, 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 super easy, and. I bet you I pay as much as uh, anybody else will pay. Yep, absolutely. Again, it's Lynn Lyle Chevrolet. Drive east and pay the least has been their tagline for many years, but just great, great folks there. Man, I can't think how long I've been buying there now, but it's been fun, and it's been I surprised my wife in March. I was going to say. I pulled up, and I went, <laughs> and I honked the horn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that, that feeling, that urge just hits you, Dan, where you just got to get one, yeah. you know? Well, you know, when the, when the deal's right and everything feels right, sure. you know, your wife will go along with it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so any special deals right now and any kind of financing, any particular models you want to tell us about? Well, the Suburbans are a heck of a deal. Yeah. Uh, the Equinox, we got those. Those are 15% off. So, you know, that's six $7,000 off. Uh, I mean, everything. Everything's on sale. That's why they're flying off the shelf because the uh, – the new, the incentives are really great, and you know the used is, you know we we price them to sell, and yep. you know we don't try to gouge anybody, and you know just kind of do it in volume. We got low overhead, so you know I don't have to charge a lot of money, and uh, just trying to get some customers and do some business. Absolutely, service department's doing well. Man, again, getting oil oh, changed yeah. over there is just great, and uh, you know usually in and out of there within an hour and. Um, and what I always tell people, you know, you go to the fast lube places, I mean, that's all they do. They're not going to look at anything else. They're not going to warn you about anything else. They're not going to tell you about anything else. And hopefully they do all the things they say they do with just, you know, draining your oil and putting fresh in there and putting your cap back on. <laughs> but, right. but, I mean, yeah. you got great deals there, Dan, even in service. Oh, yeah. We're as, we're as cheap as anybody. I mean, we, I had two cars today that I was kind of – you know, playing around the service department, we kind of got a little overwhelmed with, uh, I was helping out back there and helping look at cars. And, you know, my guys found, uh, they were, cars came in for an oil change and my guys found, you know, a nail in the tire, you know, and I said, hmm. come on, that's great. You know, you know, tell them about it, let's fix it. And, you know, so they, so their car's safe. And, sure. uh, you know, so we do look it up. We, we try to look at everything we can and, uh, the amount of time we have and, you know, do a little step above the, the Jiffy Lubes or whatever, and uh, and like like you said, we're the same price or less. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, Dan, hey, I know you're busy on a Saturday. We just want to call you and say hello and appreciate it, and we'll get by there and see you. Kevin's eyes lit up when you said that with Suburban. So, hey. Jeez, you know, we haven't had a Suburban for <laughs> a while, and we were sort of missing it this summer with some of these road trips we've been taking. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're nice. they got lots of room. Lots and, of room. The deal's right. Yes, so, exactly I'm right. here for you. There you go. All right, man. Okay. Hi, Dan. All Dan right. Johnson, Lynn Lawless Chevrolet. Thank right. you, sir. Right there off of Colfax and 225 when you get by there. Ask for Dan. Uh, usually there's folks be walking around greeting you, uh, telling me I'd like to meet Dan. Just tell him hello and uh, thank him for supporting us here on Sportsman of Colorado. Well, Kevin, our time got away. I wanted to hit this. We'll just do a concealed carry show next week maybe. Because, I think I mean, so. A lot of questions on this and a lot of new gun owners. And, you know, you just um, have to realize that, one, we hope we never have to pull your weapon. And right. What I always tell people when you ever do have to pull, your life's going to change no matter if you're 100% right or yep. if you're wrong. You're exactly you're, you're correct. Gonna, you know, things are going to be different. Yes, every time you do it. I mean, I we represent folks on the criminal defense side of the practice where they have and they've protected people and they've done good things and they still get charged. Um, and it's those those are the sorts of things that you've got to really think about when you've decided to concealed carry. And, and I applaud people who do it and are willing to step forward and be those heroes in our neighborhoods when we need it. Um, but it's also that responsibility comes with a lot of mm -hmm. hopefully practice before. And it's fun stuff to do. I mean, it's, sure. you know, it's something that I don't get out and do it enough Me, of. Nor do I. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely one of those things where we try to preach it on the radio. And, and I, when we talk to people about what it is that they're doing, if you, and, and especially even if you're not doing concealed carry, even if you're just a bird hunter or you're you're wanting to carry here and there, just Let's get familiar with it. Yeah. yeah, and and be ready. The biggest thing is to really go through the mental gymnastics of trying to put yourself in those situations to really think about what you're going to do if you're in a store and a shooting starts, and what you're or you're at a Seven Eleven and you mm -hmm. see something happen, or if you're at a gas pump and something takes place. You know what are you? What are you willing to subject yourself to? Because you've got to really think through methodically what it is that's going to happen and how you're going to react to it and then decide, yes, I'm ready to pull my gun on another human being. And when you pull that trigger, yep. that you can't pull that bullet back. And yep. so you want to make sure that you're clear in your own mind about where you're going to go with it. And even I've had you know situations where I'm representing folks in road rage situations. I had a client right now that actually didn't pull a gun on another driver. He actually just used his holster because it looked like his gun to show it to sort of fend off another driver. And he's now being charged with menacing because the, the car behind the person that he was having this interchange with thought that he had a weapon in his hand. So it's even in that situation where we're like, no. And I just talked to the woman that was behind this other car this week, and she is adamant that he had a black handgun in his hand the handgun was was not it was a chromed out nine millimeter and it was it sitting next to him in his driver's seat mm -hmm. but we're going to be going to trial in adams county in a couple of months over him using a holster a black holster because that's she thought that was a gun and so you got to think about what it is that you're doing to make sure you don't get yourself into trouble and you don't have to come and see me and and sure. just making sure you're doing the right thing because even when you do the right thing sometimes yeah. You get charged. And so um, it's just those sorts of things that I want to make sure that everybody's ready for uh, mm -hmm. when they move forward because it's really important for people to do it. 
At the same time, they've got to understand sort of what they need to do in preparation for those situations. Absolutely. Once again, it's Flesh and Beck Law, 303-806-8886. I want to thank all of our guests today, but mostly thank you for joining us. And again, if you missed any portion of today and want to catch it tomorrow, it'll be from 8 to 9 a.m. and then again from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on KLZ 560. Hope everyone has a great, safe weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.